On the interviewing topic, I know a lot of your listeners are, I mean, everybody's interviewing, right? One of the things I learned that might be helpful, and, and some people do not like this, but I learned this during one of my interviews years ago, and there's a, there's a firm out there called GH Smart, um, and um, they have a whole practice around this. And the, there's really two questions and, and a statement. One is, uh, well, actually, three questions. One is, what's the name of your, Joel, what's the name of your boss? And like, if you had a boss, you'd say. <laughs> the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my, my boss is, is Susan. Oh, okay. Susan, what's Susan's last name? Um, Smith. Oh, okay, Susan Smith. Yeah, I, I don't. I've heard of her. I, I think I might know her, um, and I'm sincere if I if I do or I don't. Right. Um, all right. So if I was to call Susan this afternoon, and I said, "Hey, what are Joel's top three strengths and accomplishments?" What would she tell me? And then you'd tell me, and I say, "Okay, now you know." Let's say I call Susan this afternoon, and I ask her what three opportunities for improvement are. What are they? I almost always get what I believe to be sincere answers, where normally if you'd say, ask somebody, you know, what do you think your top three strengths and weaknesses are? They're going to be like, you know, and these are famous interview questions, right? The stump speech but they when have. You, yeah. But when you, when you set it up with what's your boss's name? And if I was to, you know, it creates like this psychological context that, well, Joel really could call my boss this afternoon. And, um, and some people don't like it, you know, but I, to me, it's like, look, I, I need, I need answers on this. People right? haven't. People have been resistant to it. No, they, people. Well, people always answer the question, but they don't like it. But when I explain it to other people, like if I'm mentoring somebody, yeah, and I explain this method of of interviewing, they're like, "Ooh, you know, that's just. I'm not sure I can do that." You know, well, I, I'm in support of it because that's how humans work. For uh -huh. example, if I said, "Pretend you're Bill Gates right now," you can do that without. There's uh -huh. all humans that, relatively speaking. 80% of humans mm -hmm. can do that. You can just imagine you're someone else yeah. as a character. And so if you're jumping into that character of their boss, they're going to actually answer you through the eyes of what their boss yeah. would would say. I don't think that that's a weird thing yeah. at all. I yeah. think that's very good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, again, for those listening, it's, 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 it works very effectively. Yes. And we should all be okay as interviewees answering that question, those questions. Yeah. Right, because it's like, no, I'm here's you know, I got things I'm working on, I got strengths, and you know, I want to be as transparent as possible, because you're making assessments of trust in advance, right? And it's way easier to live your life just being transparent and open. It's way harder if you're trying to keep checks and balances of who you told what to right. or what you've exaggerated, right. and it takes a lot of introspection to figure out who you are, yeah, what drives you, yeah. Yeah, and there's so much cost in the whole re recruiting and hiring process. And don't be that person that you know is playing the game and make you know make creating costs on everybody, right? Yeah. When people come to you, I know this is going to be highly specific to the person, mm -hmm. but in general, maybe people out there that are looking for a job, mm -hmm. they're making that transition. And you said you've coached some people who are in that spot, and they get frustrated, and they mm -hmm. come reach out to you. What do you look at? first people that are looking for a job yeah uh the first thing i always look at is are they open teachable and do they have an ambition um and i there's this concept that i learned from from my coach from years ago which is there's plus self minus self zero self plus self is somebody that they think they know it all they don't think they they, they have much to learn um, zero is it, when it suits them and minus self are like, I need help. I know I need help and, and I don't know it all. And so I won't take clients if I have an assessment or a plus self and, and, and zero is like, eh. um, but it's usually people that 
they know they need help, they want help, they're hungry, they're willing to do the work. Um, people that come to me in that job search and branding and all, because I, I have a personal branding and job search program, it's not easy. And you might know that one of the hardest things to do, and I've done this several times in my life, one of the hardest things to do is go through that process of who am I, what do I want, what's my brand, you know, and I make people go from a bunch of bullets down to a, pair, a, a elevator speech. What's your elevator speech? One sentence, what, one sentence that describes your brand, and, and it's got to be punchy, right? And then they build all these these um, uh, like content assets, like digital assets, like all the narratives and stuff. And then you start putting that together in a resume or LinkedIn profile. It's just like it's like when people do marketing, and versus a lot of people, they go straight to the resume. And it's like, okay, I need to update my resume. You know, what are the bullets? It's like that's. It's sort of like writing software. That's that's the last thing you do, and it's not you know it's not all the work. The hard part is doing all the analysis and all that design and upfront work. You touched on trusting people, and I think that's uh, how, like how do you define trust? Let's. I'll I'll try to make this up on the yeah, spot. That's okay. I guess when I like Josh, I trust him for audio. So it's like, uh-huh. why do I trust yeah. him? Yeah, why there, do you trust Josh? I don't think there a was a very specific moment in time that I trusted him. Uh-huh. When I brought him on the team, I, I had gone through the interviews with him. Mm-hmm. I had my other audio engineers mm-hmm. interview with him. They said he's got the, the core skill set that we need. And then it was just a time thing. Over time, he delivered. I found that if I left Josh alone, mm-hmm. uh, that he would do good things without me having to push him to do good things. One specific example is we often over-record the show and then he chops it down. Mm-hmm. And at first, I used to be really worried about like which parts he would keep in and you know, re- yeah. wanting to make sure we got the main thing to be the main thing. Yeah. And I had sort of forgotten about it for four or five months. And then I went back and I was doing a review with Andrea, one of our uh, marketing people. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, look, all the episodes are you know this length. That's what I had asked for. And it, it was something that was beautiful because I had basically mentioned it once uh-huh. and he just kept it as a constant, very computer-like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he kept, he kept that up. So that was a, a big, uh, a big, a plus one credit on the trust ledger that we have. We, we do so much just automatically. You know, we wake up in the morning and we get out of bed and we get a cup of coffee and we don't, you know, we're just not even thinking, right? Our subconscious is doing it and our mind's going thinking about the day. And we don't often think about the words that we use. And, you know, what in, in my work, what I do is, is sometimes people think I'm too picky about words, but, but words have meaning. And if words bring life into existence, then words are important. And so trust is a big one, right? And I, and I, and I, most people I say, you know, tell me what you think trust is. And I think people meant, you know, they, it's like, it's like, well, how do I experience it? How do I feel it? But if, so as you work with Josh, you think about that a second, when Josh says something, do you assess that he's sincere? I'm not consciously. And, and sincerity, it's hard to measure sincerity. It's like sincerity is if when somebody says something, it's consistent with what they're thinking, like their private conversations, because we're always talking to ourselves, right? So when Josh says something, you know, do you think, well, he's thinking that, he, I'm sure he's thinking the same thing that he's saying. Oh, I believe Josh is in sync with his words and yeah, his Yeah, and thoughts, you, you, don't, yeah. you don't think about it, right? But right. that's part of trust is like somebody is sincere. And then the other one is probably why you're hired him, is he competent? Yes. Right. So if you hire somebody that's not competent, you're going to you're going to jeopardize the trust, right? It's like you want to trust people, but you just hired somebody that's incompetent. Like so you're going to have a problem. And and people will do that. Like, oh, I think so and so will do a great job, but they're not competent. You can give them time to become competent, but 
you know, but that's going to impact trust. Um, the other one is when Josh says he's going to do something, does he do it when he says he's going to do it, how you expect it to be done? Yes. So he's reliable. Yep. So those, those are, those are the big, there's other ones, but those are the big components is sincerity, confidence, and reliability. And when we're working with people, we can actually make assessments when we select people, are they trustworthy? And when we interview them, when we ask questions, we can make an assessment of, you know, do I think this person's trustworthy or not? So it's a, it's, it's interesting when you start getting into it. How do you do that in such a short time of knowing somebody, the trustworthy exercise? Yeah, I think several ways. One, behavioral interviewing is always good, you know, because it, it puts it puts somebody on the spot to like, okay, this is, you know, this is how I handled this in the past. And interviewing is always interesting because you ask somebody a behavioral interview question and they might say, well, you know, when you do this sort of thing, you know, what, 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 what you should do is like, no, I ask you, you know, when in your situation, tell me about a time when you did this. And that's why behavioral interviewing is so important is because they're explaining how they did something. Were they competent to do it? Were they reliable? Sincerity is a hard one. You yeah. know, if whether, you know, that, that you kind of have to pick up on. And then I think um, making reference calls, you know, mm. and that, that's always a challenge because, you know, you, sometimes those are prepared and planted and that sort of thing. Um, but if you ask the right questions and you just like kind of like a podcast, you know, you forget that the camera's rolling and the microphone's on after a while. Same thing can happen when you're doing reference calls. They sort of like you just get in the conversation, they forget it. 